Hello and welcome to Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. We're your hosts, Jill. Gracia. <laughs> <laughs> that sex your change voice went over really deep. well. Yeah. <laughs> this is Don. And Steve. And again, special guest star, Craig. <laughs> I think star is a bit <laughs> much, but okay. Um, <laughs> oh, Steve. Special like Jerry's kids. <laughs> Okay, then it works. Um, anyway, so uh, this week we're talking about a little bit of a lighthearted story, I guess, as far as crimes and murder goes, so this should be fun. Um, but to go along with that, the drink of the week, I was talking to Jesse about the uh, story, and he suggested that this is the kind of like white trash unsung hero, which inspired our drink of the week, the box wine. So <laughs> box wine is frequently good and sometimes seen as the white trash of wine to some of us of wine yeah i mean if you want to go like full like i live with mom in the trailer you got to go natty ice yeah true <laughs> true yeah so we could have done natty ice except nobody here would ever drink that so that's true <laughs> yikes but anyway so a boda box cabernet that's the way to go in my opinion um but you can always cheap yourself out by getting some franzia Mm. Yeah, mm, mm. <laughs> gotta beat all those little bugs away. That's though. right, you yeah. do. Yeah. So with that though, Dad, do you want to tell us your story? All right. I call this "Killdozer Revenge and Rampage." So today I make the case that mental health and right-wing nuts are soon parted. <laughs> Or maybe I'm making the case that God indeed has a sense of humor. I leave it to you. Specific cases in point, Marvin Heemeyer and Tom Leesk. Have you ever been so fucking mad at your local town council or city officials that you just like to, well, you know. Mm -hmm. Let's proceed backwards in time from our forward point and start with Marvelous Marvin. It was a typical summer's day in Granby, Colorado, or at least it was until Mad Marv, the Granby, Colorado war, road warrior, drove his heavily reinforced bulldozer through town, taking out all that he could. You may think this story is bullpucky or bullshit, and I admit hooking up to the town's sewer system had a lot to do with it, but hang in there. You're going to hear the truth. You're going to hear all the bizarre facts. By the way, we all make pictures in our minds as we read something or listen to something. Highly recommended for this one. Okay. <laughs> it was June 4th, 2004, when the poster boy for Granby Mental Health, Marvin Heemeyer, went for a little joyride. He took this ride with his modified bulldozer which he'd been adding features to for some time. By the time his ride was over, the town no longer had a town hall, police station, a mayor's house, a concrete plant, no longer had an office of the local newspaper, a bank, or a hardware store. His his two Howards. He even took out the hardware store. Yeah, yeah, he did. His two-hour and seven-minute rampage damaged 13 buildings, knocked out the natural gas service to the town hall and concrete plant, and he actually spent a few minutes trying to ignite 
the independent propane company's storage tanks by firing at them with his 50 caliber rifle. <laughs> Luckily, they did not explode or catch fire. No. He also damaged a truck worth two or three, destroyed part of the utility service center, which I did mention earlier, and lots of other fine things. About seven million in damages in 2004. The town also didn't have Marvin anymore either, for when his dozer got stuck in the rubble of the hardware store, he committed suicide. Yes, indeed, Marvin was mightily pissed, but he was also in a state of grace. For you will see, he and God had worked this all out beforehand. A state of grace? <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, God's involved in this. <laughs> I feel like God's fucking busy, man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Marvin thought God told him to do this. Oh, okay. Then I agree. Or at least that's what he said in some of the tapes <laughs> that he left behind. Jill, stop barking. <laughs> More the evidence of a robust and hyper-right-wing nut state of mind. According to Tanks and Sanclopedia.com, what Marvin John Haymeyer, born in South Dakota, October 28, 1951, was a successful welder, owned two muffler shops named Mountain View Muffler in Granby and nearby Boulder, Colorado. The town of Granby allowed a cement plant to be located near Haymeyer's muffler shop in 2000. This angered him because of the noise, dust, and the limited access to his shop. <clears throat> Hemeyer tried to convince the project's operator to sell the property, but ultimately failed. 2001, the town sided with the concrete plant. Hemeyer countered this with a lawsuit, and that failed too. Sounds like a right winger. In 2003, he found himself involved in another conflict with the town concerning whether he should be connected to the town's sewerage system. You remember I promised you this. Hemeyer was not part of the system. He was forced to pay the $2,500 fine and write a check, on which he enclosed, excuse me, enclosed the note, cowards, written on it. Big, big letters. Now it was time for him to take action. He took a 49-ton Komatsu D355 bulldozer and converted it into a heavily armored version, bringing the weight up to 61 tons. For six months, he used his welding skills to armor up his bulldozer so he could use it for his righteous revenge. The bulldozer was armed with a 50 caliber Barrette M82 semi-automatic rifle at the rear an FN-FMC semi-automatic assault rifle at the front, a .223 Rutger Mini-14 at the right. He also had his two sidearms, 357 Magnum, and a 9mm Kel-Tec P-11. <clears throat> These weapons were fired from small firing ports that he had made inside the cabin. The armor consisted of two half-inch steel plates with concrete in the middle and bonded plexiglass, which gave it the same benefits of composite armor. So did he get the concrete from that place that it was bugging him? Yo, that's a good question. I bet he did. <laughs> How ironic, huh? 
This proved very effective against small arms fire, armor-piercing ammunition, and grenades. Grenades. All of which the police ultimately threw at him. The cameras which allowed Hemeyer to see his surroundings were connected to three monitors protected by three-inch bulletproof plastic. Wow. This guy thought about this. Mm -hmm. The armored Komatsu D-355A bulldozer also had a sophisticated air filtration system and air conditioning. So all the comforts of home. That is important, I think. If you're going to go on a rampage and kill the town, you want to be climate controlled. Yeah. 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 yeah, AC is important. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of weird how the weather can go in Colorado. Like, you can get snow even in, like, June in Colorado. Um, but, you know, it can also get 100 degrees out, so... <laughs> He was prepared, and man, he was raring to go. How long did it take him to build this? About six months, they six said. Six months, they said. And nobody noticed that he was... Well, that's part of the story, because he himself was shocked that nobody noticed. <laughs> because, and he left this behind on these tapes, he made about three, four hours worth of tapes that you can listen to for your listening pleasure. Oh, my gosh. On YouTube. We should post some of that stuff. Um, but he said people were coming in and out of his shop, and nobody seemed to notice that he was putting concrete all over his bulldozer and other things. And, wow. Hey, it's Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Live free or cry or whatever. Well, they were probably all high or something. Yeah. I bet you all didn't know you could do this to a bulldozer. I actually did not know that you could do this to a bulldozer. You're we correct. always learn things on your podcast, Joe. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> The police response, you might ask? Now's the time to turn on your inner camera and try to picture this. Police officers charged toward the bulldozer, but it was covered with grease, which made it tougher for them to get on top of the machine. <laughs> Though mightily they tried, there were reports of celestial giggling, but they remain unconfirmed. So, so like, the guy, like, Greased up the. So you could he anticipated that yeah. they were going to try to get on. That they would so he greased it all over the. So the poor cops, you know, they're. <laughs> just picturing cops trying to get up there and. Oh, sliding around. Amazing they didn't get like run over when they. I wonder if he did this off. before or after the police station it was wiped out. <laughs> so um, did you tell us why? I mean. Well. Not yet. Okay. Remember now, there were reports of celestial giggling, but okay. they remain unconfirmed. While all this was going Wait on, Wait a minute. That's people you're... were reporting that they heard from on high some something giggling. Are you serious? <laughs> I thought that you, that was you telling a joke. Do people really Do say I that? Do I tell jokes? <laughs> did people really report that? Who's giggling? Celestial I said they God. did. <laughs> Craig, pull out the Google. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah, he Googles. <laughs> he does Google you. It was a joke. Oh, okay. Thanks. Stand down. Thanks. Stand down. <laughs> Glad I worked so hard on this. <laughs> Shall I put my Google back? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Let Did me you tell you trainer? where. At what point, Granby Undersheriff Glenn Trainer, remember they're trying to climb on board this thing, <laughs> scrambled up the shell of the killdozer, and though it was coated with oil and grease, Meyer obviously anticipated this tactic. Trainer nonetheless made it to the top. Nice. And he shot 37 rounds from his service pistol into the plating. 
His colleagues watched as he then slipped off the grief shell into the road, defeated. There were more reports of giggling and roaring laughter from on high, but again, unconfirmed. Now, I told you they were unconfirmed. How do you shoot 37 rounds from using a pistol without reloading? Yeah, I, I don't know if he just kept... I think the service know, reloading or I have no idea. But I think the service firearms have a magazine that can hold a lot of rounds. I don't know if it's thirty seven, but I'm not like a by the way, like a shooter of things. Yeah. Um, but like I don't understand why he didn't realize like at maybe thirty two rounds in that he was shooting into a plate and not getting anywhere with his progress i can't imagine imagine the state of mind of the police the, the police stations wiped out this this lumbering thing is going through town wiping out everything and it's going about five miles an hour because it's so freaking heavy then you think oh great well we'll just climb on board and end this show and but you can't because you're <laughs> slipping and sliding all over the place they should have got a bulldozer of their own. Yeah, it's like the movie <laughs> Footloose where they have that. Like, got his foot stuck in there. Oh, nice. They should have called Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. So just after 5 p.m., two hours after setting out on its mission, the radiator burst on the killdozer, and Marvin Hemeyer made one last push into the Gamble's hardware store, where he got stuck. And that's when he shot himself in the head with his 357. Colorado's governor had considered using the Apache Hellfire missiles from the Colorado National Guard to destroy the vehicle, but it was already bogged down inside that basement at the hardware store, and he had already committed suicide, and the armored bulldozer was stuck. He could see no way out. Poor Hemeyer didn't want to go to jail. It took 12 hours with a blowtorch to enter into the cabin of the armored bulldozer to retrieve his dead body. Was the first uh, response from the cop like, ooh, he had AC in there. (laughs) Then they really emptied their guts. (laughs) I wonder if I can borrow this. (laughs) What God said to Hemeyer prior to the rampage. This is confirmed in the hours of tapes Hemeyer left behind. You can actually hear God that. built me for this job, Hemeyer said in the first recording. He also said it was God's plan that he not be married or have a family so that he could be in a position to carry out such an attack. I think God will bless me to get this machine done, to drive it, to do the stuff that I have to do, he said. God bless me in advance for the task that I'm about to undertake. It is my duty. God has asked me to do this. It's a cross that I'm going to carry, and I'm carrying it in God's name. Stop that giggling. Why? Like, why doesn't God like Granby, Colorado? Like, well, I, you know what? I bet he's got his reasons. Really nice place too. But mean, remember, God's pretty. giggling. God why, thinks why? this is a riot. <laughs> Who's saying he's giggling? I don't get this. Yeah, Dad is. I know. I was confused for a while, too. You know, there really is nothing like an evangelical right-wing nut. I've encountered many in my time, and I feel they're living proof there is life on other planets. Today, some see Marvin as a patriotic American for standing up to the government. Yeah, because weren't they trying to take his land or something like that? Uh, In this case, they were just trying to make him pay... 
excessive amounts of money for hooking up to sewerage. He, he was like about 20 yards short of where you were supposed to be. So it would have cost him somewhere around $80,000 to meet their requirements. And then they fined him 2500 because he didn't. There are some, like, you know, there are things with towns that are ridiculous. It was, um, we were going to, when we were trying to first looking at our buying a house, there was a house in Ashburnham that was, with all these new constructions put in on a cul-de-sac. And when they did the title, the um, surveillance of the um, land was like 10 feet inaccurate. And so they had to pay like $17,000 because they didn't have title insurance. Wow. You so. know, to hook up to my sewer system, Yeah. we were one of the few people in my town who had to pay ten grand for it. Yeah. Because yeah. so. the rest of the town had gotten it for nothing, but they ran out of the funds, so. Wow. Yeah, we weren't too happy about that either, but I couldn't find a bulldozer. <laughs> Nor could you drive one. Yeah. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. So. And I don't think that I would have been clever enough to think of greasing the outside of it either, to be totally honest. Like, that's impressive. He had God in his corner. Yeah, he definitely Although, had beyond the giggling that people thought they may have heard, <laughs> they also heard a celestial voice going, <laughs> Look at that fool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. It's like that joke, Pat, Pat Robinson. Hey, run for president. Yeah. You're going to win. It's God. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that fool. That's where I got that line. <laughs> when Pat Robinson ran for president, that was claim Sam God Kittison. told him to do it. Yeah. Then he got slaughtered in the votes. <laughs> God's up there going, <laughs> <laughs> Pat, run for president. <laughs> You're going to win. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> they're so impressed that C4 grenades and more than 200 bullets were used against the bulldozer and had little to no effect. A few people in Granby, believe it or not, even proposed a yearly celebration of the incident to generate tourism. <laughs> actually, that's not like you can make good money doing that. I mean, it's not a bad idea, actually. I mean, I'm totally going. Look, look at how much they make off of Lizzie Borden's house. What do they yeah. charge per room? It's like $400 a night to stay there. Yeah. So yeah. it's like there is an interest in it. So, so do you get to like go in the bulldozer? I'm glad you asked. How much is it to drive it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Borrow it for the weekend. <laughs> I get a few bones to pick. I need a bulldozer. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Steve mm. <laughs> is... He has a question. No, oh, you have a question. No question. Just I'm equating that to if um, New York took a piece of the plane and stuck it where the site was and be like, hey, tourists, come view the plane that tore down the... Um, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's like it has that lack of taste. But this isn't. <laughs> did anybody get killed other than the guy who did it? And this one? Well, I haven't quite finished. Okay, but Meyer killed nobody. So if he, almost killed some people, but he missed. So if Meyer didn't really he kill missed. anybody but himself, then it's not the same as like you know nine eleven because you know the only person who died was the nut job no, on it you're right so so he has like enough brain power to build this who's successful bulldozer. yeah right and then like put ac in it and add all the guns and grease the outside 
but he was a terrible shot and he missed the people. Yeah, they, you know, <laughs> he did did try to knock off some folks. Uh, and there was a man who grabbed not as good a bulldozer as him, but some kind of vehicle like that and tried to stop him. But after he might have shot at him, he said, ah, Forget it. I'm not dying for this. Well, you said it's also only going five miles per hour, so I suppose it's pretty easy to run from it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and the cops at first, they were walking alongside of it, looking at it, trying to figure out, what the (laughs) fuck? Well, you know, like... The Russians, one of the ways they defeated the German tanks, and, you know, everybody had tried everything. The Russians tried a shovel, and they would dig these little trenches, and the tank would end up getting stuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's like that old thing about NASA having made, like, the several several million dollars to make a pen, and the Russians used a pencil. (laughs) They didn't have a pen that could work in space. I don't know if that story is actually true or not, but... It sounds like something our government would do. He's going to be Googling on (laughs) No, that actually, I don't mind. I I don't mind if he he Googles that, because I don't know if it's true or not. It's like one of those um, things that comes out every once in a while. What are they called? Idiot email. Yeah. I can't say. So not knowing it's true or not should never stop you. No, as long as you say, I don't know for certain. I don't even say that. Bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. Crazy. Well, and we were talking about whether they should have a you know a day for this celebration, what have you. Well, after much consideration, the idea was rejected. Aww. The armored bulldozer was simply scrapped, and the pieces scattered to the seven winds. So no zealot could make a monument out of them. But even today, and believe it or not, you can get these T-shirts because I saw them online. You can purchase T-shirts and flags with Marvin's name and a killdozer on them. Wow. Just look for them in your local Magna aisle between the bleach and the horse pills. Uh, Magna Uh, or Magga? Maga, actually, is how Steve Bannon pronounces it, which sounds weird to me. I I would think it it would be Maga. That's because he has two fat lips, though. Maybe. Maybe. How does he pronounce it? He says MAGA all the time, because every once in a while I see the clips from his podcast, especially when he brings that um, the pillow guy on to oh. talk about that. Jeez. Well. Well, it's funny, because he had the, um, he actually had Trump's reinstatement day was actually on National Kool-Aid Day as well. That figures. I didn't know there was a national Kool-Aid day. I didn't either. I didn't either until there's like a national everything day. Yeah. There's yeah. national lasagna day, Every which day is, is unfortunately the same day as wings, which makes it kind of hard for me so, to celebrate. Mm, is this stuff documented? Because I want to find out like it's on, what it's on the book, Bible, Facebook. Oh. This stuff is actually <laughs> they've actually made documentaries of this. Yeah. And, and I will catch up and watch them. I just ran out of time here. Yeah, Jesse. He, there are books. It's all over he, YouTube. He knew all about the it. The right wing really celebrates. Oh this. yeah, they love this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. a hero. It's like yeah. you know. So is he actually right wing, or, or is yes? Maybe he's Democrat. What? what, what <laughs> no, Steve said he's a Democrat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
because Steve said that he's clearly Steve a snowflake. Steve will not be saying anything. Steve said he got his little feelings hurt. So he he bulldozed the he town. Did. Yeah, but mm. we wouldn't think to use the guns. So that's oh. a, that's yeah, a see, problem. we don't have guns. <laughs> yeah, that's our weakness, I guess. I guess so, that is it. Yeah. Anyway, you can find him on your local mm. MAGA aisle between the bleach and the horse pills. You can actually, in all seriousness, buy these things. Online. Mm-hmm. Horse pills, sir. If you want the t shirt, oh. you want the flag to fly outside your house, hey. Maybe. I don't know. So, luckily, that. insurance and state aid came to help the ravaged town of Granby, and it quickly got back on its feet. After He Meyer's rampage, it received the reputation as the Killdozer capital. Strangely enough, <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough, this wasn't the first kind of dozer attack in Colorado. What the hell is there about Colorado? They well, got boulders. Remember, yeah. I so promised you another. Boulders. Yeah, they got boulders. Wow. Let us progress backwards some more. In 1998, a man named Tom Leesk concluded an attack with a government-owned front-end loader in Alma, Colorado. He managed to destroy the town's post office, town hall, fire department, and water department before he was taken into custody. Hmm. And fined $50. I'm sorry? And fined $50. (laughs) (laughs) In front of a right-wing judge. Yeah, well, they said, you know, somebody killed our mayor. Maybe uh, you'd want the job. Yeah. The 50-year-old mental agony finally came to an end one snowy evening in February 1998. With God's help, of course. Some claim that God could be here giggling also and seen pointing, look at that damn fool, as Tom destroyed Alma. It was never confirmed, though, and God was never charged as an accessory. That's good. So on that snowy night, Leesk pedaled over to the town's old schoolhouse, a sack full of homemade Molotov cocktails hanging from the handlebars of his bike, and a gun he always wore, even to bed, hanging from his belt. He wore a gun to bed? There were, the, like, what was yes. this, Fahrenheit 9-11, the guy that had the gun under his pillow at night? Oh, my God. That's really, that, like... I, I don't get that. Yeah, no, that's, that's really out there. Um... But no, I actually recommend magas to do that. To be honest with you, you know, don't don't even put the safety on. Just stick it no, on. No, no, be a man. Be a real man. And you know the those things in the shoebox that say "Do not eat." They're just trying to take your freedom. Bon appetit. That's right. That's oh. right. What would Trump do? Ask yourself. You see, Tom never removed his gun and rarely changed his clothes. Tom often wondered why no woman in town would sleep with him. Go figure. That's like the incel movement. There's like a movement of guys that can't get laid. Ew. It's like, we're incel. One of them was planning to go on a murdering rampage in a sorority house, but that fortunately they caught him because he was talking about doing it on the right wing um, websites that they have. So, Which recently got hacked, too. That was. Did you guys hear about that, the Epic? No. So there's like um, a hosting company called Epic that uh, hosts all these, a lot of these right-wing oh, they things. Got, yeah, they got yeah, all, yeah. some hackers broke all in, they got data. all their yeah. data, and they're just oh leaking it, like, Oops. who these people really are. Well, a lot of them are the people that were planning things like the insurrections, and they plan to kid 
kidnapped Governor Whitmer at one point. So, you know, I don't have problems with them putting out the names of people. And, um, Craig, if you really have to go, could you go into the back? <laughs> All right, just getting th- another drink. Steve's name was on the, the, the list there. I saw <laughs> what list? Yes. The epic list. The yeah, epic. it's epic. All right. <laughs> anyway. What a picture he must have made, furiously pedaling his bicycle into town, a man on a mission from God. When he got to town, he broke into the garage where the town's front loader was stored, turned the key in the ignition and allowed the machine to rumble to life, warming it up for the festivities. Next, Leesk marched into the school building and announced to the two people who were present at the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting there was only two. <laughs> that was a fast meeting. <laughs> I, I heard there was more after this happened. Um, that he was the new master of ceremonies. That's what he told these people for the evening. Then he shoved a gun in Willie Morrison's back. Oh, my God. Willie was now the ex-master of ceremonies. He forced Morrison to read a passage from the AA handbook. After which Leeks quoted from the Bible, then he shot Morrison in cold blood. Oh, that's terrible. But that doesn't this I don't I don't follow the logic, I guess. Logic? You're looking for logic. First of all, I don't understand Change why, your clothes. If it's a meeting with two people, you need a master of ceremonies at all. Well but that was Leesk that well, believed that. So. Why do you need um but so why they usually they don't have a master of ceremonies at an <laughs> AA meeting. I know because I've gone to one. Yeah. But, um, they do have a host of it, um, but it's not really called the master of ceremonies. Because <laughs> that kind of makes it, like, it sounds like a fancy party. Uh, well, I think he wanted he wanted a promotion. He wanted you know to have a significant role in all this crazy mass. Was I mean, he uh, was he going to Alcoholics Anonymous before? I don't this? know. They he didn't was, say he that. Was a third. I don't think this guy needed alcohol, to be honest with you. Maybe. No, he was high on his own self. To be fair, none of us need it. But. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. So when Morrison was dead, Leesk laid waste to a handful of buildings, using the front loader as a battering ram. He punched huge holes in the school building, the post office, the water department, the fire department, and on and on, following his ruinous rampage in town. Leesk adorned his face with war paint. Again, make pictures in your mind. Set fire to his grandmother's old house. And then sat atop a snowbank as he waited for sheriff's deputies to come shoot him. (laughs) Soon the waiting was over. Oh, good. He'd done what God had asked him to do. I feel so bad for God. After his arrest. (laughs) These guys claimed God Mm -hmm. was talking to them. I'm not making that up. It doesn't mean it's true. No, and you got Richard. Oh, yeah, how do you know whether it's true or not? Have you ever talked to God? Has he ever talked to you? Mm, yes, Steve. He jealous should. Much? <laughs> That's what it is. Steve is jealous that God doesn't talk to him and tell him to go blow up like the city yeah. of Milford or something. I guess so. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Okay, so after his arrest... Pickfall no, River, Pickfall River. <laughs> <laughs> no one had the heart to shoot Tom. Mm. Least told sheriff's deputies that he knew his actions were against the law of man. Now, you pay attention, Steve. But God had asked him to do something, and he did it. He wasn't sorry, wasn't ashamed. He said he was proud to have accomplished what God requested of him. 
The incident was designed to bring attention to the state's water diversion projects, he said, and the usurpation of Native American lands. Lease explained he believed his onslaught had earned him a place at the right hand of God. The only thing he asked of investigators was that he be granted a speedy execution. I don't want no lawyers, no trial, no nothing, he said. Just put me in the thing and push the button. <laughs> <laughs> Did he believe the thing was a dozer? I, I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Well, public defenders fought for a psychological evaluation, and Tom fought them every step of the way. <laughs> After two years, Tom won, quotes, and was allowed to plead guilty. June 2000, he was sentenced to life plus 27 years. <laughs> He has been assigned to the Sterling Correctional Facility, where, according to the Westwood paper, Denver, Colorado, 19 mental health workers, only three of whom are psychologists, serve 2,500 inmates. Oh, my gosh. It's rumored that if he ever gets out, God tells him he might, he might want to start a town restoration business. Well, so ends this crushing tale of two dozers and losers. Remember, Steve, if God starts talking to you, be sure to check his credentials. I'd like to thank tanksencyclopedia.com and Denver's Westworld for source materials. Nice. Done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Light enough? It was light enough, yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Been heavy the last few weeks. I know. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. All right. Well, wow, that really was quick, too. Good work, Dad. Yes, that'll be an easy edit. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about the next episode? Did you want to talk about the next episode? Because it's yours. Oh, cred. What's this say? Co-ejaculator? It does say co-ejaculator. That's unindicted co-ejaculator. So I'll be looking into... Uh, at least one and probably a couple cases of prosecutors who use the somewhat questionable legal theory of we want to convict this one innocent poor bastard and we're just going to claim that the semen left at the rape scene belonged to an unindicted and unlocated coejaculator. <laughs> That's really true, yeah. See, so, there's a career for everybody, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and unfortunately, <coughs> these arsehole prosecutors actually had careers, and they should have been sent to jail. So, <laughs> the crime next week is rogue prosecutors who actually don't care about convicting innocent people. Uh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And then in the coming week, Steve will have another story. And Dave. no, that is the coming week. <laughs> You. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was really gross. <laughs> anyway, Steve will, and yeah, then we may end up having to take a week off. But lazy people. Well, half of us are going to Denver. Actually, half of oh, us are going to Colorado. Really? You're yeah. going to Colorado. You're going to check me out, aren't you? No. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, it's just a research project to bust you down. Yeah. <laughs> It is funny the things that small towns will do, like for tourism. Remember when we were in New Mexico and we hit the Billy the Kid Fair mm -hmm. days? That was the balls. That was it was time. really fun, but it was about how we broke out of that 
yeah. you know, room. So we toured like the building where they kept him, and they had a reenactment. They of the reenacted whole thing. it. Yeah, it so. was a quite the story. You know, his hands were so small and wrist, he could get out of cuffs. Yeah, you yeah, know, it was really. Interesting. But somebody left him. This is a big mystery with Billy the Kid. Who left the gun in the outhouse? Hmm. Hmm. There's a true crime. Yeah. So, folks, next time you're going through Lincoln, New Mexico, make sure it's during Billy the Kid days. Billy the Kid days. That was awesome. Yeah. There they ain't no town as stinking as Lincoln. It was awesome, yeah. And they still don't know how he got out of that lawyer's house, either. He just, like, like in Young Guns, part one, they end the show with him jumping out of the window. He just disappeared. Yeah. The actual true story about that is actually more mm. fascinating. They they get into the house. He's just not there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and they they had that. They had like a, a a whole small infantry surrounding that house, and yeah. they have no idea where he went. How he got out of there? Well, they reckon he hid in the floor under some floorboards. Yeah. That's oh, was that what it was? Yeah. Uh, that's clever. Houses, yeah. And. Like the way the town is set up, because it's still set up the same way it was back then with that one main street and all the stores. So it's hard to imagine, like, once you got off the main street, it's easy, it would have been easy to vanish, right? Mm -hmm. Because you just could get off into the woods and stuff. The, it's really the, fascinating. The best Billy the Kid movie I ever saw, and I highly recommend it, was Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Mm. Colburn played Pat Garrett. Uh, but it was just brilliant what they the, the depth of it of the story but, yeah. and the young guns too I thought was great. yeah the young guns were entertaining they weren't as historically accurate although they had most of the names correct there was mm -hmm. a Doc Sherlock there was a um, Jose Chavez y Chavez um, and these are people that did ride with Billy the Kid. Uh, Chavez did not die. Um, in fact, he was in prison up until the 1920s. Oh, and I didn't know that. He is the person. I'm glad he didn't die. It bothered me when they. He is the person him. that actually said that Billy the Kid's real name was not Bonnie. It was McCarthy. Mm -hmm. No one believed him until in the late 90s or something. There was like a college kid doing like a genealogy project came across the name of somebody from Chicago named McCarthy who had had a child, then moved to Oklahoma. And they actually now believe, though a lot of people believe, that that was actually who Billy the Kid was. Oh. He was oh. actually uh, Bill, uh, William Henry McCarthy, and he was the son of a woman who basically has a child. Her husband dies right away, so she goes to live with her brother in Oklahoma. Then her and the brother eventually die when the kid would have been around 14 years old. He shows up about a year or so later in the Lincoln County area. Um, yeah, he was part of that Lincoln County War there. That uh, yeah, he was actually deputized for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was uh, part of the uh, regulators, yeah. the mm -hmm. Lincoln yeah. County regulators. They yeah, because it was like two warring farms, right? Yeah, there, yeah. landowners or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, and they killed his employer. Yeah. So and he loved that guy. That guy yeah. was like a father to him. Yeah. yeah. The problem with the Young Gun movies, I think, is that they kind of glorified him or made him like a hero yeah he really was a murderer though like he, he was really was killing people psychopathic. Yeah. yeah i don't know it's hard to evaluate from today's standards but yeah i mean yeah i mean the world was a different place so yeah. i guess you're right he had a he had a streak in him and he you know talk about gigglers he was nutty yeah you never knew with him so but he was also very smart yeah very intelligent they had a hell of a time catching him and holding him and 
Isn't that true with a lot of kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. sociopaths or psychopaths? They're mm. intelligent. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty yeah. smart. I mean, well, look at this bulldozer guy you were just talking about. Like, I mean, he had the the. I couldn't have done what he did. Grease a yeah. bulldozer, yeah. yeah like, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know why that's sticking with me so much. It just the guy who killed. Me. Well, it um, makes a hell of a picture. Yeah, you know, it's in your head. It's like wow. The guy who killed Garfield was like that, too. Thought yeah. God was telling him to do that. And also saw mm-hmm. um, bizarre messages. Like, he'd read a paper and think somebody was sending him a message. Yeah. Um, so you, was, I mean, think about it from God's point of view, right? You you have all these creatures you've sort of invented or whatever. And you're bored. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're just stupid little ant like And you said, you know what? I'll have some fun. <laughs> Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That I guess that is God's perspective. You get a little bored. You don't have cable. <laughs> yeah. I should be careful here because he may start. He may. Yeah. <laughs> may come or looking she. for you. Or yeah. she. Steve thinks God's a girl. Actually, most religions before Christianity, yeah, Christianity did. So, did. Yeah, goddess worship. The shape of God in most ancient statues is a pregnant woman. Mm. So mm-hmm. she was careless. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit slutty. <laughs> yeah, better not go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. That's Good. a wrap. That's a wrap. Yep. Thank you for listening to us on this episode of Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite app so you don't miss an episode. You can also send us an email to Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Or Twitter at CMCrime1. See you all next week. <laughs>